¿Qué onda, primos y primas? This is your primo Edding. And in this week's episode, we're doing a little bit of guerrilla radio. Or in this case, <laughs> some guerrilla podcasting. And today, I'm not by myself. Stanley and Primo Chikume, my brother, are taking the week off. So today, I'm taking the reins of the situation. And uh, I was going to do like another catch-up episode about the memoirs of Eden 2. But I have a friend, an interesting friend of mine. And I'm like, you know what? Let's, let me have a whack out of doing an interview and see if I can develop those skills. So today I have Fen, my dog. <laughs> She's in the back <laughs> of the car. And you'll probably hear her panting. But the main guest for tonight is... Well, I'll let her introduce myself because... Introduce herself because I know her by one name, but I don't know if she wants to give out... I'll let her pick her name that she wants to go out to the world. Why do you, you have to make it weird? No, I don't know. I know you by one name. Yeah. But you go by... Last time I was like, oh, oh, I was introduced to her by such and such. And then I heard that you had another name. It's like, okay. I'll let him do the... Pick your name then. You get <laughs> you get to pick. Okay. I It's not a big deal. So my name is Stephanie Orozco. Uh, you knew me. You met me as Annie, which... Some of my friends call me, so they're both me. Oh, okay. It's not a big deal. But oh, professionally okay. and for the purposes of this podcast, okay. Estefani. Okay, Stephanie. Gotcha, gotcha. See, that's what I thought when I heard I knew you, but I was introduced to you by Annie, and then I heard your other name, like, oh, was I given the lifestyle? Were we fucking with you? <laughs> no, no, I thought I was given the lifestyle, and I know that happens. I know that happens mm. with people who have, like, aliases, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll go into her more a little bit on, but I was just going to give a recap of what I've been doing since the last time that I uh, uh, took the helm of, uh, of the episode. And last time I left off that I was in Hawaii. I was in Hawaii. Which island did you go to? I went to Oahu. I went yeah. to Oahu. And it was pretty awesome over there. It was pretty awesome. Uh, definitely want to go back. There's more things that I want to visit. It's just that last time when I went, it was like a wholesome, it was like a wholesome trip where I got to visit some friends. Uh, but I didn't, I wanted to go out, hit up the, uh, hit up like a bar, get to meet the locals. But since I was like, uh, pretty much we can take care of, I would feel bad if I went out drinking and they would have to wait for me and open the door. So, I'll go back next time and do it at my own means. And just to give a little bit of context, as I said, that we're doing like some gorilla, gorilla podcasting. Since me and Annie live a little bit far apart, I live in Riverside. She lives more like a Puente Azusa area. I came to her and we we're like at a park. So if you hear some random uh, sounds, like a, I don't know, a dog or coyote or gunshots, I don't know how this place like. <laughs> This is pretty chill, but if you hear anything, again, it's like the background. We're at a park, and uh, we're ambient doing noises. ambient noises. There you go, ambiance. Ambiance is because of that. So, like I said, I was uh, since I was last in Hawaii, I've been going to some events somewhere. I have seen you there, and uh, you drove me there, and I, and which I drove you there. <laughs> So, uh, so I've been to just going around. I've, I've hit up so I hit up the sake event that I told you about last time. Yes, which I, I'd still like to go to if you want to take me. Yes, for the uh, there's gonna be one I think in August. Okay. So, 
So I've, I've been to, and I've been to some, I've been to, I've been to events and I've done some meetup with some partners, had a great time. So, uh, and just living my ethical whole life, right? <laughs> uh, so that's been me as of like nothing really big. I think the last big thing that I did was I booked us a BDSM session with a friend of mine and she got the whip and cracked it right in my chest. And I still have the 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 wound, the 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 the, the scar, the scar. Oh, it's a scar. It's a scar now, which I like, yo. And I showed it to her, and she was like really happy. So, so that was that. But again, like I said, when it comes to me, has been just working, trying to get, uh, trying to beat this heat because it's really hot here in California. It's like, where are we? Like a, right now, we're at like a hundred for sure. You. Kicking no. it around the the double the, the triple 77 digits. Seventy seven degrees, dude. And it's seventy seven. It's already like almost like ten thirty right now. Yeah, we're near ten. Yeah, near ten thirty. So that's first. Yeah, for being dark, it's already too hot. But yes. So now uh, I would like to get to know more about you, Annie, because uh, me and you, we've been knowing each other. I've, the first time I met you was at we'll we'll say her. Just her, go give her initial because we don't. She says she's Stevie. not here, huh? Stevie, she goes by Stevie. Okay, so Stevie. So I met Annie at a Stevie's uh birthday event. Okay, can I tell you oh. my first impression of you? Oh, go for it, go for it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so I was there with Stevie in the hotel room because she rented a hotel room for the party, and the plan was to do acid and like hang out and do all this stuff. And she gets a call from her good friend Eden, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh my God, Eden is so nice. He's a wonderful." And I'm like, "Cool," and like, I can't wait to meet them. And you're on the phone, and you're like, "What do I wear? <laughs> what should I wear?" <laughs> and then you showed up in a little kimono. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, and, <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. That I was... didn't really get to talk to you that. I just remember your little kimono. <laughs> I, do, I I still have that little kimono. I brought it from Japan. Uh, but uh, but uh, what was it called? Uh, yeah, it was. That was like what a good uh, a a year ago more. Yeah, it was for her birthday, not this year, but the year before. Right, so uh, that's when I met you. And then it had been a good minute ever since then, right? Mm-hmm. It had been a good minute since then. Uh, so, yeah, so it was actually a, a good time uh, for that time uh, for her birthday. It was her, some other friends, and uh, uh, Stevie's uh, girlfriend was there, too. So, I don't know. It was pretty cool. It was good to see, uh, to go out of my comfort zone when it comes to uh, meeting Stevie's friends. So just getting to new, new, new people, that was always good. And then fast forward to what, this year, like what, a couple of months ago? Yep. And for my, and for my understanding, I mean, if you don't mind. Uh, oh, so, so when I first met you, like I said, like about a year ago, uh, Stevie told me, oh, uh, Stevie is like this and like that. She's really open-minded, but she's not in the lifestyle. That's what that yeah, was mine. Already. Right. So, uh, so I understood that you were open-minded, but you were not in it. I was no. like, okay, cool, cool, right? Fast forward to now. <laughs> Fast forward to now, and the last time, and the the second time I met you. By this point, you had already dipped your toes into the debaucherous waters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you mind me asking how was your? Actually, but before we go into that, let me let's let me before we dip and we go into that pool. 
Yeah. Let me just ask you, like, just to give a little bit about you, some little bit of background. So, from my understanding, you studied in UCR, correct? I did. I studied at UCR. I got my BS degree in anthropology and my BA degree, which Bachelor's of Art and Bachelor of Science. Okay. I just like to say BS. I uh, got a BS I, 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 I saw, like, a, a, <laughs> I see why she chose BS. Um, in anthro and gender studies, but while I was in school, while I was doing my undergrad, I got really involved on campus and I started to organize sexual health events. And then eventually, because I would bring people on campus to talk, there weren't a lot of people of color that could talk. And I was mostly dealing like UCR. I was at Mount Sac with like very big communities of color. I got tired of only finding white people to come to the campus. So I was like, fuck that. And then I started teaching classes. And then um, I kept organizing events, and then I started teaching workshops of my own. And then um, I got certified as a sexual educator in 2019, um, and I've been I've been doing the same old, same old. Um, but it, because there's not like a set set path to be a sexual educator, especially not in uh, not as a Mexican American person, which I am, or not as not in the United States, like, you kind of have to cobble together that that path. So I've been doing a lot of things. Like, I, I'm working on getting certified by the state. Um, I worked at a sex shop for a year. Um, I take all sorts of weird classes. I read everything I can about sex and just really try to absorb as much as possible. That's part of the reason that I started going to these parties. Um, there's a lot to learn there. And a lot of it is driven by my philosophy that every sexual experience is a learning experience. And my other philosophy, my other big philosophy is that you can learn a lot just by talking to people. I, I really agree with that and uh, with the whole thing of just kind of like a conversation with somebody. Uh, I really agree with that because whenever... For, and then this actually would apply for dating. This would, uh, at least for myself, this okay. would really apply for dating because for the time, whenever, for the rare times that I go, that I'm able to go on a date, I think, of, well, what should I ask or this? And I start to overthink things. I end up being my worst enemy. I end mm. up just shooting myself in the foot because for one, I'm trying to like, uh, especially in this new age uh, of, uh, this new age of like, uh, where we're as man as me as a cis uh cis male i have to be more conscious of i'm learning more about the dangers that women live just in general now mm-hmm. applied sex or dating world so there's a lot of things to think of right and so i start to like, like I said for myself i start to overthink things i'm trying to look uh, sophisticated and like how do i impress this girl do uh, i don't know what to do so uh the approach that now I like to like okay Eden relax just talk don't overthink things if it works out it works out if it doesn't it doesn't it's all cool uh so so yeah this uh, what you said right now I completely agree it's just uh, I like for uh, conversations to just develop organically mm-hmm. and yeah you're right you'll learn a lot about people that way so yeah um 
Now, uh, you mentioned like you do it, you did like a lot of grassroots things in uh, our mm-hmm. uh, UCR, a lot right? Of activism stuff. I I got really involved with Planned Parenthood too. I used to lobby for them. Like I would fly out to Sacramento. Yeah. Once a month. Well, once they would a- fly me out. Oh, okay. Uh, like once a month, or like a bunch of times in the school year to go lobby for bills related to reproductive justice. Um, I this is still one of the proudest things that I've got that I've been involved in I got a vending machine I helped get a vending machine installed at UCR that sold plan B for $20 really yeah really is it still there yeah um it was in the it's in the gym but with COVID everything shut down so they just Ah. reopened again so it's available um and then the other thing that I'm really proud of is that I helped I was part of the political campaign um to get uh, medicated abortions onto public college and university campuses in California. Since you mentioned uh, Plan B, uh, I, I I had a situation once where uh, I was with a partner and we both agreed, you know, like, hey, uh, we were going to have sex. We both knew that we were clean. We were tested each other and we were going to have... Not clean, negative. Oh, sorry. There you go. Thank you. Negative. We were both negative. Uh oh, and there's a and I thank you. Is it because there's a stigma to it? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for catching me on that. Uh, but yes. Uh, so we're both negative, but uh, and we didn't have protection. So okay, we're both negative. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Uh, let's go forward. I'll buy the and I'll and I'll I'll buy the Plan B. Right. Spring for it. I there was it spring. No. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's like is that the new lingo? No, but no, yeah, no. I, I I I pay for the Plan B. I didn't know how much it cost. How much did it cost? It cost 50 bucks. Now, you would think that 50 bucks, ah, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. No. But when you're broke, even $1 is mm-hmm. a lot. It might as well just be a million dollars. So it made me think, like, well, 50 you and you were able to negotiate or negotiate to $20? I think that's really, that's, I don't know, to me, just for the little bit that I know of what women go through, I feel like that's, that's a really big help. Dude, I honestly think that the reason that Plan B is so expensive is because it's su- such a taboo thing. Like, they, you know how much the Student Health Center gets it for at UCR? And this, mm-hmm. when they buy it wholesale, $9. What? They sell it for eleven twenty-five if you have insurance. They made us charge $20 so that people would still go to the Student Health center to buy it the so fact competition that it's 50, kind of but the fact that it's 50 60 70 dollars i've seen it for 80 yeah. like you know it's expensive and i think part of that is because of the taboo around needing plan b and even having sex damn that's like that's really blowing my mind that's really blowing my mind right now because uh again uh like for one uh and I just and the thing is, uh, but there's like more to be spoken about this because for one, uh, guys should all both, both uh, everybody should carry condoms. But in a situation like this, when it happens, like okay, you know what? I'm gonna be responsible. I'll front the money for this because again, you know, uh, I'm I'm part of it. We're both doing this, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, fifty dollars that that's either basically saying either I'm gonna have a sexual experience with somebody or pay bills. Right, and for sure that's yeah. I'm pretty sure that's crossed people's mind. Uh, at least it, it, it has for me a couple of times. But I don't know what you just told me right now. It really blew my mind. Okay, so 
on that thread, do you know what the difference between reproductive rights and reproductive justice is? <sighs> yeah, like to be honest, you again, it just shows how not big brain I am. No, no, no. <laughs> but no, no, no but you're right least. because I've heard I've heard the term big uh what's it called reproductive rights. I've heard that before. Yes. Right? Uh but reproductive justice, so I'm assuming something after the fact. Would mm-hmm. I be correct? Yes. Just okay. So yeah, that's so yeah, please proceed because I think okay. that's that's the only thing I can get it from right now. Okay, so in like the sixties and seventies when Roe versus Wade was first coming out, which do you know what Roe versus Wade is? Which for my understanding that's where the whole thing with abortion, right? Yes, that's what made abortion legal that's what essentially made abortion legal in the United States. Okay. So Almost like two or three years after that came out, I'm I'm always iffy about the the years, but mm-hmm. the Hyde Amendment came out, and the Hyde Amendment said that you cannot use public insurance, so like Medi-Cal, Medicaid, things like that, to pay for your abortion, which means that you have to pay for it out of pocket, which made it inaccessible for people like you and me that are fucking poor. So. From that, in the 90s, the reproductive justice movement was born, and it was born from, um, uh, it's the brainchild of black women, so thank you, black women, for this, but it, basically, they were saying that, like, it's not about whether or not you have the choice to do it, it's about having the access to that resource. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, legally, I can get an abortion, but if I can't afford it, if I have to pay $300, for an abortion and you have to, that that shit is timely you can't like save up for it and i'll get it in like two or three months you need it now if you can't afford it then it's not really much of a choice if you can't access it it's not much of a choice when i was in uh rcc when i was in rcc i was thank god i came across uh this the feminist club which was done uh, by, uh, uh, if, well, uh, if I know her last name correctly at that time, I don't know if she's changed it, but Gloria, Gloria Lucas, that's, at least that's how I know her by. Mm-hmm. And she's now, she's the one at the helm for Naguana Positivity. Mm. So that's uh, uh, that's somebody else hopefully I can bring into the, into the podcast and have an interview with. Because to be honest, like I'm not perfect when it comes to how to come with, how to interact with women. But the reason why I believe I'm not that trash is for <laughs> for one of many women. One is my mom, right? Of course, right? My mom, uh, and all my tias, especially my tia Ana, who who may rest in peace. The another one who's not family is this person, Gloria from Nagona Positivity, and what I like the about her is because we both came from similar background uh which is a latino machista uh, culture i mean it has a lot of machismo in it and what i liked about her is because she was able to understand a lot of the things that curse latino men right that plagues us and the approach that she gave me at least the one i think of her is a big sister educating their little brother hey this is why you don't do this to women a b and c reasons but a a like yeah she was firm but it wasn't like okay i'm just casting judgment on you it's like i'm being firm and harsh maybe perhaps but it's coming from a place of love and so uh and so that's all a lot i feel like uh i liked her approach because it was able to sink in uh and again uh it just i felt that she was able to understand me and she had the patience to 
So again, like I said, uh, for myself, I know I have a lot of, a lot of, uh, and that's why I feel like that's a good word, word to use. A lot of plagues that still plague me. <laughs> I have a lot of things that still plague me. But the reason why I feel like I'm not that trash is because of uh, La Enseñanza that she was able to give me a different perspective. Uh, so yeah, so a big shout out to, to Feminist Unite Club and RCC and to Gloria. Um, and to be honest, thanks to you, to girls like you, because her, her sister, Gloria's sister, was also participating in Planned Parenthood. And this is, a lot of this is volunteer work from my understanding i'm pretty sure they have paid jobs but a lot of it they depend on people's donations it depends on people's yeah, uh, so volunteer work a lot of people don't know this but planned parenthood is actually a non-profit it's two non-profit so if you ever see planned parenthood planned parenthood in blue that's the health center mm -hmm. and I, I always forget the designations because okay it is a nonprofit, but don't forget there's still corporations. Okay. And corporations are not going to save you, but they can help a little bit. So um, if you ever see Planned Parenthood in blue, that's the health center. Mm -hmm. So the way that the designation works, I believe that makes it a C3, uh, a 501C3 organization, which means that they can have their taxes be deducted, but they cannot talk about politics at all. Okay. If you ever see Planned Parenthood in pink, that's the sister nonprofit which is the action fund and that's the one that gets really politically active that's why you see Planned Parenthood in pink at marches at rallies and stuff they have to be very careful about that otherwise they lose their 501c3 and c4 status so okay so like that me for somebody who's not big brain like me what is all this c3 and c4 honestly it's just <laughs> it's just how they do their taxes okay. that means that they don't get taxed the same way they're nonprofits. So, if correct me if I'm wrong, uh, just to see if I understand it, and mm -hmm. for people who are in the same boat as me, so would it be similar to the whole situation why churches don't get taxed? Like this would be like the tax code they would kind use, kind of, right? Kind like of, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, this... It's not that they don't get taxed; is that they wouldn't get taxed as much okay. because they're doing something for the public good. Opposed to if me, I just get together right now, yeah. like, hey, I'm going to do Eden, the Eden religion where blah, 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 stupidity, and then watch anime. Right? I mean, you might get away with that. Oh, actually, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but, but okay, so, okay, so you, it gives me a little bit of idea. Good to know then. That's yeah. really educational. Yeah. So, it was, uh, and I'll go with the cop-out question that a lot of people do when they do interviews. Was there a single event or a series of events that one like uh, that uh, that made you like you know what this is something I want to focus on when it comes to like you because I for the the way the little bit that I know about you you seem to be very very in tune with your sexuality I don't know if that's the right word with with your would sexuality be the right word. What are you trying to say? Well, like, I don't know. You seem somebody who's uh, who's very in the world of sex or sex education. Yes. And, uh, and want to know about more about yourself with sex and also educate people about sex. So that's what I get the... I don't yes. know if I'm being articulate about it. I am a it. huge sex nerd. Like, everything that I read, everything that I consume is usually related to sex. I just want to know as much as possible about it. Okay. And not, like, in a sexy way, like, in a nerdy way. Oh, okay. But also, I do like having sex. Like, I enjoy that, too. And you can learn a lot from actually having sex as well. 
Because for me, at least, because uh, I'm the same way here, but I would describe my interest in sex more like Neanderthal. <laughs> if that makes sense. Elaborate, please. Yeah. No, they can't really elaborate. It's again Neanderthal. Big big eyebrow Neanderthal. No, but I would say like more like I guess for sure at, at least mine at first uh uh came in with, you know, just my male satisfaction, which is like uh, just masturbate, watch porn, that's and uh and right just I guess like the low hanging fruit that society should dangles in front of us. <laughs> right when i see you on the other hand or people like you i feel like it's more like of a scientific background oh, or yeah. like a scientific approach sometimes i just fuck for the story to be honest just yeah. to learn that's part of what i've been doing at these parties yeah i'm just over here taking notes uh, while i'm getting fucked <laughs> <laughs> so okay and that uh so quite the question then your interest in sex. Yes. Did it from when I first met you, were you already interested by then? I honestly don't remember when we, when, where was it that we re-met? Where? Re, where we re-met. Okay, so it what was. What party was it? Uh, it was, oh, the one here in Pomona. No. It was the one, uh, the one in Pomona, if I remember correctly, it was the one in Pomona. Where we met that oh. one, the the F, uh, the guy from Kenya. Yeah, and those guys are following me around. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that's I think that's the one we, we met. Okay. So my question now is like, when I first met you at Stevie's birthday, mm-hmm. were you already there? Uh, yes, I just wasn't open to the sex partiness because mm-hmm. I had gone to an orgy with Stevie by then, mm-hmm. but. A, I was super hungover, and B, at that time, I was really uncomfortable with watching my best friend ever getting fucked. <laughs> like, that's something that I, I really had to process. So by the time I went back with Stevie and I started going to these things again, and a lot of the reason that I started going to these things um, was a lot of it was intellectual curiosity. Like, Me what's too. happening here? What can I learn from these experiences? I'm also, my background is in cultural anthropology, like academically. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a, a big part of cultural anthropology is going and immersing yourself into a subculture or a culture mm-hmm. and learning as much as possible about them and seeing what they can teach us about humankind. Uh, and now you say, so anthropology, which uh, I guess is uh, funny you mentioned because we have a fu- uh, my brother and my cousin interviewed a, a friend of theirs that they made a, a podcast called Anthro for the Homies. So, I saw that. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but I saw it and I'm definitely going to listen to it. Listen so to it. I mean, the, uh, when he did it. But like, he's an archaeologist, right? Th- yeah, I think it would be so, yeah. I cannot. <laughs> I uh, had such a hard time with archaeology, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You, then you should definitely listen to that yeah, episode. Self, I was gonna say, selfless or shameless plug to the to to the to prayers episodes, right? But no, you should definitely listen to it because he he goes into some depth regarding the differences mm-hmm. or why people, I guess, uh, uh, romanticize uh, archaeology like Indiana Jones and or the Indiana Jones of it. was the worst archaeologist <laughs> it, ever. It is because he was smashing everything. It yeah, was he like, was a thief. Like, but great entertainment. Great entertainment. Mm. I don't think I would trust him to go check out the Maya ruins and no, it's alone. They're all <laughs> gonna end up in his office. Oh, for yeah. 
that yeah. shit. But yeah. So, uh, what was I going to say? So, um, if you don't mind me asking, was there like, was there a moment that you just like, you know what? I'm going to go check it out. Like, it's like, uh, for this last time, because I think by the time I met, re-met you, you had already gone to an event. Yeah, and I, it was, a lot of it was intellectual curiosity. I'm working on a project because I also have a podcast, which you're going to be on, so this is like a crossover episode. Yes, it is. Um, called Tales from the Clit, and so I'm working on a project <laughs> for that. My next season of Tales from the Clit, it's going to be called Live from the Orgy. So I've honestly just been going to these parties and like pulling people away and interviewing them and then going back and doing getting part- into all sorts of shenanigans and participating participating so that that's a big part of it too once i had that idea i was like oh i can learn a lot from them and then I, it's really hard to go to these parties and be around such like sexual like raw sexual energy and yes. just be like i'm just gonna watch like i at least for me it's super hard to just be like yeah, you know. So, I'm gonna give you at least uh, uh, just uh, that I'm wondering, can you give? And, and I've been there, and I've been there, right? But just for the sake uh, uh, of the episode, mm-hmm. can you give me your best, your highlight, like your best moment so far from all the events that you've been to, to the worst moment or or thing that you have seen. It doesn't have to either something you saw or experienced. Hmm. So let's go. Let's let's go with the. I always like to end with the when it comes to things like that. I always like to end with a positive. So if you don't mind, what will be the the worst thing you've you've seen? Honestly, I think going with Stevie and Stevie always likes to have an escort. Like you've escorted us. Um, you've been like our guide, and other men don't bother other men. The way they bother women. Mm-hmm. So I've been pretty sheltered. I haven't seen anything too bad yet. I'm hoping it stays that way. But I was talking to Stevie about this the other day. I feel like I've been pretty pretty sheltered. Because even the people that like that Stevie doesn't like treat me different than they treat Stevie. I'm thinking about that Dom subcouple. Mm-hmm. How that Dom guy just knows that stevie fucking hates his guts yes but to me he's like you know yeah so uh so just a little bit to reference what she's saying uh and you tell me if you agree but like for uh, for one time me and annie went to an event and you know we had our time or we had our grand time but one thing that a lot of men do in this world is, uh, I guess, because a lot of it's, uh, I guess, uh, they have like a primal approach, if, mm-hmm. if, I, if I can articulate myself properly. So pretty much in short is, if there's couples, the man will approach the other male first and say, hey, may I play with your wife or this or partner this and this and that. And it's, and it's, it's good and it's a, good, it's a sign of respect. But usually they'll just ask the male, but won't bother asking the female partner. Yeah, which for me is an automatic no. Right? So, like, again, I understand, especially if, if, if it's obvious that they're like a couple, right? Because yeah. obviously you don't want to step on anybody's toes. But when that happens... I'm rolling my eyes. And, yeah, and so they'll just go, oh, if he gave the okay, that means I don't need her permission. Which is a big no-no. Uh... A lot of so when that happened to me when this 
quote unquote dumb, asked me for permission. Like, well, I was just telling, well, no, ask her, ask her. So yeah, so that's I think that's one uh, thing that uh, I think that I've that I've seen to reference to what we were saying earlier. Oh, I that dumb guy asked you to play with me. No, no, no. Like, uh, if or well, specifically that was like because he wanted your information or just oh have, yeah. He's like, oh, may I have? It's because I know that you're the you're the this and you're I know that you're the the dumb in here. And it's like, like what, what are you talking I'm forbidden about? Forbidden forgiven from giving that guy my information because Stevie hates him so much and you don't like him either. Yeah, I don't so I'm always just like talk to Eden. So yeah, so like so I'm, that time I'm like yes, talk to Stevie, talk to Eden. Yeah, no, but what bugs me or like to use him as an example, but there's many who do. It's like pretty much uh, they'll just come to the male half. Oh. And expecting just to get his permission, and that will give access to the female's body. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I might be cool with it at the moment because it seemed like a cool guy, but I'm not seeing the things that he's doing from a from the girl's perspective. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like that's a, again, I feel like that's very like a very archaic way. Again, they're very misogynistic, where it's like, oh, we just need the male's permission, not the female's. Yes, and I agree with that. That's not necessarily what I was talking about. Oh, okay, I was okay. talking about how Stevie hates that guy, but he's over here trying to eat me out and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not. He's like giving her the like. She hates me. I'm not gonna talk to her. But over, oh, he's trying to sweet talk me. Mm-hmm, okay. okay. Actually, no. Yeah, yeah. I remember a little bit of that. Now that you mentioned that, and I remember how he was trying to, because in this world, uh, when especially swingers, how things happen or, or you want to make things happen you just talk to people and if there's chemistry it will happen and even if you have a great conversation with somebody somebody can still like and you think oh things are we are going to play it doesn't necessarily mean that but but the best way it's again to if you want to be act uh, sexually active with somebody just have a conversation and let sparks fly but it has to happen naturally what me and annie and stevie has talked about how this guy this quote-unquote dumb is trash is because he was trying to force people to be have sex just like hey oh, why are you talking i hear a lot of talking but no sex and so this is something that we all disagree like yo what are you doing why are you trying to force it it has to okay. happen organically mm-hmm. so so yeah so uh, so now was has there been a highlight has it been the moment like okay this is what i'm looking for um, there's been a couple, mostly because, and it's it's the same thing. I just love doing it. Um, I love being worshipped, and so there's this painting called the Cursed Woman. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Let me pull it up for you. You can link it or whatever. Um, and basically, it's it's like a an angel, a woman, and she has ah yes the, yes it, yes this yes. is called the Cursed I've Woman. I've seen it in memes as well. So she's kissing someone. She has one guy in her tit, and she has another guy eating her out. And I love that. Like I love all these people just doing me. <laughs> I like it. So, but it's funny. But don't you think? I don't know. Like uh, I don't want to. I find like there's a how you say it's kind of like the loaded question or already an inclination for them to see a woman in pleasure and call it the cursed woman right oh yeah that's weird right she's so, not cursed like she is she's not, having a good time she's having a good time and there's no way she's cursed and if she is cursed then obviously this applies the same to men 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I would say my one of my moments where I said, like, you know what, this is what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Is one time I was with a group of friends, and this the sexual energy was flowing. So basically, I was just sitting down. I had just had mine, to put it vulgarly. I had just had mine. I saw a friend of mine, and she was getting hers. I saw another friend of mine, and they were having a great time just talking, chatting. There were so many things happening, and they were all good. Like, people were having sex on this side. Some of my other friends were where they were just talking, having a great conversation. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? De aquí soy. De aquí soy. <laughs> and if, I don't know. It just felt so good. I felt like myself. I felt like uh, this is one of the few times where I can really be myself. I don't have to censor who I am in a sexual sense. I can fully express myself. And, and that was one of my highlights where it's like, you know what? That's a good highlight. Life is good. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. So uh, that was one of those times where it's like, man, this is why I like this lifestyle. There's been, definitely been some horrible ones. And some of them are where, like, you know, uh, uh, let's just say your boy couldn't perform. Was it stage fright? Was it intimidation? Do you have sex with men? Huh? No. Uh, oh, are you talking about you? I'm talking uh, about myself. Okay. But I've definitely had stage fright where I've been with a, with a couple and there was where I've always been wanting to be with this, whoa, with this one particular woman. And when the opportunity presented itself... Mm-hmm. You know what? That like reminded me. So when the first club that I went to yeah. once I started going to these things was Club Taboo. Oh, okay. The first party that I went to was Club Taboo. And I was really nervous and I had my lingerie set under my clothes and I was scared to take off my clothes. Okay. But once I did, my uh, I met this girl and she was like, Oh, don't worry if you're nervous. Here I like this guy, this guy, and this guy. And so I was like, Okay. She's like, they always make me squirt. And so I'm like, okay, let me go. <laughs> let me go say hi. <laughs> and so I, I talked to one of the guys and we were having sex and we were like, the bed was surrounded by people, but I wasn't paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I was distracted. And he got so nervous and he fucking left me there on my hands and knees, like my ass in the air. And he just, he Ooh. got scared and just ran away. Oh, you'll see that a lot. You'll see... You'll see, to you'll see that a lot. I think the problem is from from a male's perspective mm. is that let's say for whatever reason I cannot perform, mm-hmm. right? It's visually there's a visual tell. <laughs> there's a visual tell, and and for and this is and believe it or not, this is a small community. You I've gone to places where it's like, yo, oh, what didn't I see this event? So it's a small community. So I think that's a and I, and I, and I, and I've definitely been there. I've definitely been there as a regular schmo myself when I go to some of these events and there's like an Adonis looking mofo who is like six feet tall, dark and handsome, and knocking from knee to knee. I'm like, how am I supposed to compete with that? <laughs> but the last time that I went to one, I think was the the last event where we went to his this Dom's party. Mm-hmm. So I was just to give a little bit. I was next to an Adonis, right? I was next to this I think Adonis. I fucked that Adonis. Yeah, it was him actually. It was okay, him. okay. So he I was, was hot. He was really good looking. He he is like a Bender from Futurama said. He was a Cadillac of men. He was the <laughs> Cadillac of men. 
But what? But I had a moment like you know what? Even the best of us go through this because when I was doing my thing with this one female, with this one partner, I was doing my thing and I was doing good. I was doing good. This Adonis, he wasn't. Mm. He was having a hard time. And you could tell that he was kind of trying to play it off. He was kind of not, not, not to go into much details, but you could tell that he was having a hard time to keep up. Pun intended. Uh, to to keep it up. And uh, and I was doing fine. And I was like, how is it me, a regular schmo, is doing better than this Adonis? And they're like, it's because we're all human. We all have our ups and downs. And we'll and we'll all, and there are gonna be days that we have a good time, you know, we we're, we're at our best, but there's some other days that we just can't. And so that's why I thought like it's all a head game, really. A lot of times uh, when it comes to sex, it's it's just mental. It's just mental. Yeah. And uh, for me, it took a while. I had to learn to. I had to. Uh, it took me a while to like, hey, Eden, be go easy on yourself. Don't be too harsh on yourself because you cannot perform. Or because you don't look a certain way, and a lot of times in, in, in this world, it's 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 easy to be self-conscious and to be insecure. It's very easy. But one thing I've noticed is that when people just let all these guards down and just are honest and just have a again like just an honest conversation, a lot of those insecurities just wash away. And that's when I've noticed when I have the biggest chemistry with somebody and I've had the best sex when i'm able to let go and uh and even again even if i don't get to play but just the sense of i don't know of uh at least just this the sense of confidence that i've had when i'm able again to just be totally honest with myself let go of all these insecurities i don't know it just feels really good so i don't know if you had anything similar to that um i don't really get insecure at these things well, good for you, but no, but I know, like uh, for me, uh, I've had, I definitely had, and it's something that to 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 work on, and uh, and it's been like a, pro- a a progress for me. I think it. I think part of it is because, like, I don't know. Never mind. No, we're good. But let me see. Let me see. So. Uh, let's see, let's see. Now I have some questions that one okay, of ask one me of, some questions. I have some questions that I was uh that I was sent. So uh let me see. So I have like four questions. Like four or five questions. So let me see. Why did you choose to be a sex educator? Is there more for is it is this for adults? Okay, so my story is kind of fucked up because it starts with my rape. So I, I am Mexican-American. I mentioned that. And when I was little, I was raped. And then I grew up really scared and, like, I didn't know what happened. And our culture, I'm Mexican, you're, you're from El Salvador. But either way, like, our cultures don't really talk about sex. And so I grew up, like, wondering what the fuck happened. Like, what did they do to me? What, what was this, you know? And so I decided that I didn't want anyone else to have that experience so I was gonna fucking do something about it and it just so happened that I started working with college students because that's where I started organizing my events so I yes I do it for adults I have worked with children um 
but I prefer working with adults because you don't really have to, you can be as blunt as possible and I'm already a very blunt person mm. and you I also don't like to use euphemisms but you kind of have to tailor yourself to the age group that you're working with and with adults you don't have to do that so that's why I prefer to work with adults oh, okay so it's like uh, so easier to get to the point yes okay I see, I see. it's a uh... I was, gonna, I was gonna say it's funny. No, it's actually sad because uh, unfortunately, a lot of the partners that I've been with have had such a incident happen to them. Yeah, it's and, very common. And yeah, and that's like, and the and it know makes me think like, and as for me as a man, like I don't know how to approach this. And the best, at least for me, my way is my best way is just to listen, just to listen, and. And not for whatever little bit that I can I support. So, and unfortunately, that's something that happens a lot. Yeah. Now, say the following question: Why would why would I, as an adult, need a sex educator? Well, I mean, in the last conversation that we've had, did you learn something? Right now, or previous to this. Previous in this conversation that we've been having. A lot. There's always something more to learn. A lot. And and it's things that you don't even consider. I'm still learning. We're all still learning. It just so happens that my specialty is sex. Especially what you told me about the the plan B. Dude, can I fucking tell you? Oh, go for it. I went to Mexico this weekend to Tijuana. Well, to Playas. Mm -hmm. Well, Playas to Tijuana. Whatever. Um, You know how much plan B costs in Mexico? So, uh, just the fact that I know that people go to Mexico for to buy pills, I'm going to say on the cheap. 70 pesos, which, uh, what is it, a dollar is 20 pesos? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Well, like a dollar is no, no, yeah. uh, 1980. Yeah. So, 70 pesos would be... For sure, under ten dollars, I would say. Mm-hmm. For sure, under ten dollars. Mm-hmm. And it's levonorgestrel. I I can't say that levonorgestrel, mm-hmm. which is the drug. Plan mm-hmm. B is a is a brand name. Mm-hmm. Levonorgestrel, which I don't. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. I've never heard it say, said out loud. That's the actual drug. That's how much it costs. Isn't yeah. that wild? That's what I'm saying. It's so fucking arbitrary for it to be so expensive. It's a cultural thing. I'm pretty culture and money. I'm pretty sure there's a I'm our culture sure. is capitalist. Yeah, actually, yeah, right, right about that. Uh, so yeah, so I don't know. Like it's it's really saddening. It's really saddening mm-hmm. that we could be doing more if we just play if 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 profit wasn't the driving force. If profit wasn't the driving force, uh, if we could just at least. And no, plus, even uh, a lot of times when I think about this, I think to myself, okay, you're a business. I understand that you want to make money. But if you just take care of the people, well, then wouldn't that be beneficial to your business? So I don't know why they don't place people to begin with in the forefront or, or incorporate out of your business plan. But, you know, what do I know, right? Well, I, I know for a lot of, like, pharmaceutical companies, it it benefits them more to have you on treatment than to cure you. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's greed. Yeah. Now, following question. Okay. It says, people are, uh, it says, uh, people are very private about sex. 
Would being more informed loosen them up about having discussions about sex? I think so. Yes. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, just more conversation is always good. May make it uncomfortable, for sure. But I think... Are uh, you uncomfortable right now? The only reason why I'm uncomfortable is because I, I don't know how to articulate things. It always takes me longer. It's like... Uh, I think you're doing great. Don't worry. Uh, thank you very much. But yeah, no. But uh, but overall, the topic of sex, uh, when at least when things regarding me, not usually no. Yeah, well, okay. So recently, I mm -hmm. I was having sex with someone, um, and we were talking after, mm -hmm. and he said like, I know you're really experienced with sex because you're not weird talking about the sex that we just had after. And he said that a lot of people, like, after he has sex, when he talks to girls, sometimes they get really weird and, like, that they don't really want to talk after. Like, you know, like, hey, I like this thing that you did or uh, what did you think about this, or, you know? Um, and even even that. Even so within sex, while you're having sex with your partners or outside of it in a non-sexual way, definitely. You know, yeah, I, I, I didn't like. Uh, right now, what you just said is one of those moments. Like, you know what? You're right. Uh, it's. Uh, I've noticed the people who are more comfortable with the uh, their sex life and talking about it, and therefore have more experience. Yeah, and 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 just a healthy relationship with sex in general. Because mm -hmm. I have been active with people who are. I have been with partners that. Uh, they're the opposite of what we just said where there's like they enjoy it but it's still taboo in their mind so when you, i've tried to do something that i don't know that pleases them they don't know they don't know how to interact or how or to ask what they want or how mm -hmm. would they like yeah so even having a sexual vocabulary to articulate what you want that's something too that you need to talk about in order to develop Agree because it seems like okay, so they they obviously physically they enjoy the pleasure of sex, but after there's a sense of guilt, there's a sense of guilt, and uh, and uh, and they'll pretty and like you said like because I have that situation where I've I've been with somebody unless I was that terrible unless I was that terrible, like ah oh, I'm not gonna talk to this guy anymore, but I have come across people who were like after I had sex and I and it seemed to me that there was a sense of guilt where it's like uh. Yeah, that was only a one-time thing. Uh, I should have done that. I'm sorry. So like, and of course, I'm not gonna. I don't try to pry. You know, it's, if there's something uh, that they need to handle by themselves. But uh, like what you said right now, it just def definitely struck a chord. Has made me think of things. So uh, so no, so so it's definitely correct. People who are more open about it, more comfortable. I've had better sex with. Yeah. What was the question again? Oh, it says, people are very private about yeah. sex. Would be more informed, loosen them up about having discussions about sex. Yeah. So, so it, and I stick to that. Within sex, while you're having sex with your partner, to articulate what you want, which I usually like to have this conversation before and after sex. Like, mm. what are you into? Um, would you be into this? Or what's your favorite position? Oh, you do, you do like the that. same. I like to do it. And then thing. after, did you like that? Or, you know, what did you think about this? It's harder. It's harder in a sense of a, like, a, I guess, with in an event where it's like a, too many 
bodies, too many, too much of too many voices going around. But I do like to do that. Pretty much a pre and post game. <laughs> like, hey, uh, what are your do's? What are your don'ts? Mm -hmm. uh, if something happens, just let me, don't be afraid. And when everything's said and done, I will ask, hey, this is what, what was, what things did you like? What you didn't? If, if you didn't like something, what was it? So next time I don't do it again. So yeah, I like to do that as well. Yeah. So here's another one. It says, with how the world is more and more open to try and learn about BDSM slash master slave, etc. Do you come across people that are just at events as fans? I'm guessing as spectators. Not really there to participate. Like, do you have to weed out the fakers? Okay, so just showing up mm -hmm. means I no. So at these parties, and you can say that, and you can also say mm -hmm. for sure, you don't have to do anything. No one's gonna make you do anything. If you want to show up to watch, that doesn't make you fake. Mm -hmm. That makes you nosy. <laughs> well, there's I, nothing wrong with that. I'm nosy as fuck. So I think so. Like yeah. So that would be voyeurism, if I'm correct. Yes. Right? Voyeurism. I think the only thing that I can maybe think of that comes into mind from this question is because definitely again uh hence the reason why when i go out to these events and a female friend is going i always like to keep an eye because you will get a lot of guys who will say anything to be on your good side and just to and just to and just to participate with you but there's like, oh yeah this is like oh yeah i'm a dom i've done this and that but when you see him in action, like, yo, you don't know nothing. You just talked your way. You said anything. Dijiste lo que hablaste por los codos just so they can be with her. So I think that's the only thing, the only thing uh, that I can attribute to this when it comes to the fakers where, mm -hmm. like, um, they'll, they'll say anything. They'll say they're a dom that have experience, blah, 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 just to get the obvious. I think that's the only thing I can attribute to that. And yeah. have you come across anything like that? I don't think so. Um, mostly because my policy is that I won't have sex with anyone that won't eat me out first. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I know if they really care about me or they care about them if they eat me out first. Oh, so if they're willing to reciprocate. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Actually, now that you mentioned, um, one thing that especially I see in males, uh, in men, is that they want they the threesome right mm -hmm. every male wants a threesome right but i feel like uh and i, I guess this is the next thing again like i said that probably might attribute to this when it comes to fakers is all men want threesomes them and two female partners but when it comes to satisfying the fe the their their partner's uh fantasy of being with two men and themselves that's when they're like, oh, hey, what you, what are you Dude, doing? Oh, yes. uh, you're being, uh, you're being, uh, uh, I don't want to use the, the fuck, uh, I don't want to use the word. But basically, they start demonizing for wanting the same things that they want. Which, and to me, like, okay, dude you're being a there you're being a faker you're being a poser you say you're all about the lifestyle dude that's how my first boyfriend got me i was like this is what i want we can have a threesome and we did have a threesome with another woman but i was like i want a threesome with another man and they chickened out at the last moment 
and we are no longer together. Not for those reasons, but that I don't know how. But that also definitely feels like a red flag. Yes. So, yeah. And so yeah, again, anybody who does the big does the talk, but doesn't do the walk, you'll see in these events. And yeah. I think this is the last question. It says, "When does she get? Uh, when does she get start? Wait, wait, I'm reading. Like I can't read. <laughs> when did she start getting involved in the scene? How was it? How was it changed for women as it moves on? How has it changed for women as it moves on? I don't know. I've only been there for a month. Really, it's just been a month. Two months now, I think. But I wouldn't be able to tell you long-term change. Mm. Eventually, I'd love to do like an ethnographic study on it and like get all like technical and stuff. Mm. But as of now, it's only really been two months, and I go with you and people like you and Stevie and Ray, kind of like protect me yeah. a little bit. So I'm kind of shielded. I would. Uh, I don't want to speak when it comes to uh, women in this at all. But I have seen a little, I have seen change. I've done. I've been doing this since. I've been like since around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and and I have seen uh, either because now I'm being more exposed to different scenes or different. I guess I don't know what you call it. Uh, genres of the uh, of this <laughs> world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have seen. Uh, I have seen difference. I have seen more accepting, especially. Especially, I would say where the the main place where I've seen a difference is in the age bracket. Mm. Now, what I mean by that is, usually when I started this, it was usually people in their thirties and up who were willing to explore. And I think by that point is because the whole idea, a Disney type version of love, has been beaten out by life and all the shitty experiences and relationships that both men and women have had. Mm-hmm. So by this point, when they find somebody, it's like, hey, you know what? We're, we're uh, let's enjoy while we still can, and they'll explore all their sexual fantasies. That'll be either through either in partners or they, or if they ever had the curiosity of playing with somebody of the same sex. So I've noticed that from like from 30 and up, back in like early 2000s, right? Or early 2010s. Uh, yeah, or early 20, 2010s. Uh, anybody, anybody from their late 20s and down, I've noticed that everybody still believe in that pure vision of love, like of it's only supposed to be me and my Prince Charming, vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it can't be no other way. And because any other way, that is being infiel if you're being an inf- that's infidel. so interesting and and that was back then right like no mm-hmm. no you can't do this if you do this how can you do this to your partner that means you don't love her because if you really loved her you wouldn't do you wouldn't share with any other man and i thought to myself well isn't that a very narrow narrow point of view of love now i'm not saying the way you love is wrong by no means if it works for you it works for you but for you to demonize the way I want to love somebody or the type of partner that I want to find, that's where I, I draw the line. You're wrong uh, in that sense, right? Where you're trying to limit my version of love. Now, that was, again, when I first started back in, like, 
2007. That's, that's so interesting because in my version mm -hmm. of love and in my ideal picture, I am high-fiving the love of my life mm -hmm. as we're each having sex with other people, like, <laughs> across the bed, and we're, like, high-fiving each other. Yeah, it, 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 that's who you're speaking to the choir. Now, now fast forward to now. Mm -hmm. I have noticed that younger people's points of view of love ha is changing. They're, they're doing more... Or they have now more of a similar mindset that I had back in the day when it mm -hmm. comes to that. So again, my obviously my experience is not the standard, but that's what I've noticed. That's what I've seen. Like the, I have seen where women's sexuality is not as much. They may still there is a lot for sure, right? But at least from my perspective, my from my perspective, it seems like they're they're there's uh, they're, it's more accepting. But yeah, uh, we were so. I, I remember when we when I first uh, hit up Annie about this. I said I oh, want to keep it under like for sure under like no more than eleven o'clock. But it's already eleven thirty, and I'm supposed to be at work tomorrow at six thirty. So uh, I think we're gonna cut it right now. For sure, to be honest, uh, uh, I wish I could have met eight earlier, as I mentioned uh, when I first called you. But life happens. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, Fan, my dog, is in the back of the car. She's been sleeping all this time. So she's been a good girl. So for sure, I mean, uh, you'll be going to... You're going to be leaving us soon, right? Next month? Yes, actually. And this is relevant to the conversation. Oh, yes. Because I'm Can going to Boston to do my master's in public health with an emphasis on sexual health. Ooh, any works uh, like uh any works you like things that you're gonna publish or how's this happening? <laughs> like, are you what? I like. Is there any projects? Because right oh, now, when you okay. tell me all this, I feel like she's gonna write a book. I would she's love gonna do to articles. Let me know. Okay, so you can find me on my website stephaniorosco.com. You can also find me on Instagram, which is usually which is my primary form of social media. Although I have a Twitter too, but I'm not good at tweeting. Um, at sex at Steph, which is where I post all my stuff, and you can find my website through there. Um, and my that's my main thing i technically have an instagram for my podcast tales from the clip but i'm not good at it so i just have it all on my main page um but live from the orgy is coming soon live from the or so is, is that going to be season two or that's going to be a whole podcast that's gonna be season two season two of tales, tales from, from the, the clip okay. yes so please send me this on text so i can put it on the episode's uh, info and people can find you <laughs> So, before we end, my cousin and my brother usually like to give the closing words to the guest. Is there any closing words or things that you want the people to know? It could be there's something specific or just big uh, peace to the world or something kumbaya. Um, don't fake your orgasms. Also, don't, don't make orgasms a goal. Make the goal to have fun, and if you have an orgasm, yay. But if you don't, whatever. I agree because this last event where I saw you, mm -hmm. I had to fake an orgasm, and then it hit me. Me as a dude faking an orgasm. You did? <laughs> I did. But the only and it, and it gave me a... Right? Exactly, exactly. Wait, at the... The, the one, one in, in Whittier. The one in Whittier, yeah. <laughs> now, I had to fake an orgasm simply because, I don't know... I don't know if uh, if uh, if you had something similar, uh -huh. but for me, 
it's rare when I have like the when I when I have that that infinite amount of energy that day I down like two monsters and had all this energy and I kept and I was kept going and going and going and going but I couldn't climax mm. so the energy was there I knew that I kept going and I was going fine but I said to myself I was like, man, I'm not reaching the climax. So like how, and I didn't want to look bad because if you just go in and just stop, I don't know, to me, like, it's like, oh man, it's, it's kind of rude. Uh, yeah, it seemed to me that I was going to be rude. So I kind of like have to just give this knee jerk reaction and I was like, ah! Just <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, not that, not that, you know, not make it that vocal, but kind of give like a, a visual cue that mm-hmm. I had climax, right? Because I was like, okay, because the reason why I stopped was, I know I keep, keep going, but at this point, it's no longer sexually pleasing. I'm just working out, <laughs> right? So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stop. I'm done. But I was like, I need to give like a period to end the sentence of that sexual sentence. So, but you know what you just said is true. Don't do it for the, don't do it for the, to put it vulgarly, don't do it for the nut. (laughs) Do it for the experience. Yeah. My last sexual experience, I said that from the beginning, don't put that pressure on me. We're just having fun. And you know what? We just would start and stop and just keep going. And we just did that for hours and it was so much fun. I agree. Whenever I, like I said, uh, when I, I, like I said earlier today, tonight, uh, whenever those pressures go away and you just allow Mm -hmm. yourself to enjoy it, both of you. I've done, that's when I had the best passionate sex. Yeah, that was one the of my... The most passionate. That that encounter where we were just like, we're just having fun. That's one of the, my favorite encounters so far in I've, my sexual career. <laughs> I've been in events with you where you're doing a thing, my thing, my thing, and I've high-fived you. Like, yeah. Yeah. What's it called? I, I think I did. Venture Brothers. Go. Well, uh thank you for listening guys i uh, <laughs> hope you had a great time i shall link her info uh to the episode and i have my primo stanley do the rest uh so just uh fyi i uh, apologize this i think i'm gonna be a little bit late with this episode editing this episode because usually by this time the episode has been edited and it's ready to go to you for thursday morning so i apologize for being late well guys have a good night and see you next time. I'll try to do my primo Stanley thing, but I'm forgetting. Well, anyways, good night. Bye.